Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. So by the way, you did see the guy uh, yeah, next to the V-Chain post? Yeah, like, I swear, stoked. I thought it was oh, logic yeah. for a second. <laughs> I, I swear it was the, uh, like he had to have been... That guy had to have been at the Australia crowd. Like, so sometimes I'll notice people in the crowd, but that mm-hmm. that wasn't one of those times that like he wasn't sticking out to me. And then, of course, after you told me the V-Chain post, yeah. I was like, he, they're never showing that angle again. Right? I was like, it <laughs> took so long to show the angle. And then, yeah. and then you clearly see him just like... Stoked. So amped up the entire time. is awesome. And you never see people in those like multi-million dollar seats or however much it costs not true. Uh, might as well be a billion dollars for me because like yeah you know <laughs> at that point not it's zuckerberg, zuckerberg was stoked that yes. dude had the time of his fucking life yesterday yeah like, well it, it's he might not be a lizard you know like he looked human for the first time he looked human until when he walked out with volk yeah. and they were in the prep area yeah and every time Volk like took something off to hand it to his coach, Zuckerberg like awkwardly held his hand out to like grab it and then like pulled it back. <laughs> like it looks so awkward and lost. Um, He's trying, man. Yeah, exactly. But yes, he did. Up until that happened, I was like, oh, like he doesn't seem he, like a he's, robot. He's a like, real he's, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it was like, uh. like the sight guys, you guys think I'm a real guy. Yeah, and then him sitting, then going back to sitting cage side in his fight kit. <laughs> yeah, it was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But good for him. I mean, he finally got into something. It's like, you know, if someone can afford those seats, it's him. Right? Hell yeah. And like to have somebody where it's not like a status thing, but he genuine, like he genuinely enjoys it. Right. He's sitting there like cheering on each part. I think, he, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he has a thing for Mackenzie Dern. Because when he did the uh, when he was at the Apex and like rented out the whole Apex, it was when Mackenzie Dern was headlining. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that, but but yeah, he's been to two fights. But my story is going to be him and Marab are best pals. They are best buddies. They They have a podcast (laughs) soon. They hang out. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Yeah, like it it was just it was cool to see. First of all, we'll get into you know the morale. I I think I think we need to talk about somebody else first. But yeah, um, but real quick, name of that podcast: the robot and the machine. Is that oh, I love it yeah. because it's like, well, which one's the robot? And which one's the machine? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't know <laughs> the machine and the machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just like him having fun, Marab having fun, his energy. But Zuckerberg literally like it. It was it was a good it was a good time. But let's go ahead and talk about the man of the hour right now. Yeah, El Matador. God, bro. Like first round. Really good filling out process. You know, that jab was really catching him toward the end. Mm-hmm. Folks' jab was catching toward the end and then yes. to, into the second round. But you just, you know, you just know he hits hard. And then the only thing, and, and I, I'm glad Volk on his post fight was like, no, this, we're not taking anything away from him. He hits hard. We know that. Don't get hit by him. But it also is like mm-hmm. you just got knocked out four months ago, right? Like, yes. Th- it's still a factor. But Taporia, poof, motherfucker's yeah. bad. We'd never seen Volk go unconscious like he was out, but eyes open against uh, Islam. I mean, this one was slumped, didn't get up for a while. Scary, scary. And I think it was, I mean, the right hook, obviously, but then he got clipped with the left two on the way down. That that was, if you're in Volk's orbit, like, hey, we get, you know, your competitor, you need to come back and do this, but like, please 
pump the brakes because that is this is the type of thing that we see where then all of a sudden you're looking at he might still get wins in the ufc he's still supremely talented but where you then start to see like okay now he's going 500 in his fights yeah uh, you know and and two knock two knockouts in four months and that that is the thing is when he was out and it's a shame because like this has nothing to do with well technically getting knocked out but like i was super tired last night watching that last mm-hmm. fight like i was tired right mm-hmm. and that juiced me up and it's like now i can't sleep <laughs> you motherfuckers right it's the thing <laughs> yeah. about, but watching him just like the way his body was and then he he took what maybe two or three more uh, I think yeah a him, couple like, two three more yeah. so it's like he's out and I, I mean, I was actually surprised Rogan interviewed him. Like, that was a surprising mm-hmm. thing, you know, because he really hasn't been doing that. Volk always seems in good spirits, and he's a, he's a really good guy. And Tapor even said that in his post. He's like, he's just a nice guy. He's just a good guy. But I would really like to see him take that time off and just recover, right? Don't, f- don't feel the pressure of, like, having to get back in the cage. Feel the pressure of, like, mm-hmm. I want to get back in the cage, but I don't have anything lined up. Yeah, I think it's one of two things, and you know, far be it from me to tell somebody who's the greatest featherweight of all time what they should be doing with their career. Yeah. But I think one of two things, well, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> you know, you either take six, seven, eight months, whatever it is, you recover and you come back for a rematch against Taporia at your absolute best. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. Go you on. know it's done, right? And then right off into the sunset. Or... You say, you know what? My time at featherweight's done. I am still not going to come back for a while, but I'm going to put on muscle mass and we're yeah. just going to make the move to lightweight and do it now. Uh, I, I I almost hope it's the first one. Me too. Just because it's like, yeah, get your shot again and then you have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. Right off into the sunset. This is his first loss in his career at featherweight. Insane, like, right? Yeah, yeah. You have absolutely nothing to prove. Taporia, though, man, that is... He made Volk fight differently, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't know how much of that was getting knocked out by Islam in the back of his mind, but I mean, all kicks to start with. It was all that left leg basically for the first three minutes of the fight. Yeah. Trying to keep that distance, not wanting to get into boxing range with Taporia. And then they they mentioned it on the broadcast, but you saw like Volk was jumpy whenever it got into boxing range it was like oh like let me get out of there and we haven't seen that from him in the past we saw it a little bit with yair i think we did see a little bit with yair because it's just like he's so like this the fight iq would be like he's so i don't want to say goofy goofy's uh unorthodox yair's so unorthodox that it's like he's biting on some things the thing is he just settled down quicker he just found him out quicker. i feel like it was a little different in yair because it was happening when like Volk was pressuring and then when Yair would throw something, he'd kind of step back, sure. let that go and then go back to the pressure. Whereas this one, he was kind of, he ended up being on his back foot. Yeah. And then it was, things are coming at me. Like, you know, it was just very, a lot of big reactions, which I feel like we haven't always seen from Volk, but justified, right? You have the guy coming back at you is throwing absolute dynamite. The, you could see it start to turn a little bit in the second round. Like I thought Volk started doing a really good job pumping the jab, Absolutely. but you saw that confidence in Taporia of just like, yeah, you know, I, I am getting hit, but I'm just going to keep 
you know, keep putting my game plan in there. And and for somebody who's releasing his documentary the day after, you know, all those things that you have to feel for somebody like that. And one thing that I want to point out is how crazy is just life in general, where if Taporia's mom doesn't notice a guy with cauliflower ear on the bus, if she catches the next bus, not that one, doesn't see this guy on, on the bus, doesn't talk to him, doesn't get her two kids to go to that gym. You know, Taporia might've got into MMA anyways, but he wouldn't be exactly where he's at now because he had to have been at that gym to get to where he's at. And so like those type of serendipitous things are just wild to think about. um, Taporia said, you guys are booing me now. You'll be my fans tomorrow. I mean, mean, that's, (laughs) that's a big thing, but I really thought Taporia. See, I think, I think, I have a little bit different viewpoint, and I have to rewatch the fight, which is this is going to be fun to rewatch, right? Yeah. But I don't think Taporia was. I think he was settling. I think he just, the confidence is just him, like getting in mm-hmm. there. But I think the thing that changed is he went from a two strike combo to a five strike combo, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the fight IQ where it's like, okay, let me change it up because uh, Volkanovski was seeing a lot of success, right? He was win. He, I think, I agree. He won round one. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think he was winning round two. Uh, mm-hmm. His leg was damaged, but he was also damaging the leg. And then he threw that five strike combo, and it's different because Volk's jumping back to the twos and then resetting. And it's like, yeah. no, we're not doing that. It's kind of like Weidman Silva. I'm just going to keep throwing my hand out there. Difference is, is I just, I mean, that that right hand is just. I mean, I, I, we saw left hand of God yesterday. We also saw yeah. right hand of God yesterday. That yes. was insane. It's exciting. And I think it has to do, you know, fight IQ, like you said, the the reach. It was putting out two punch combos yep. to see what's happening, and then the first time that he really truly corralled him against the cage with distance, because it kind of got there, but in a clinch type situation earlier. But where he truly like, okay, we are at boxing range, and you have nowhere to go. Then it was I'm un- I'm unleashing all of them. And it, was, it was out very impressive, and I mean, if that's the Ilya Taporia that we see who who's beating that, you know, obviously there's going to be grappling challenges. One of the people that I would like to see him fight is uh, Ivloyev yeah. just because it's a very unique challenge there that I don't think Taporia has faced yet, at least in the UFC. But if that's the version we get, who's, who's beating that? Yeah. Cause right now I don't think Ivloyev beats him and Taporia kind of, Shit on Ivloyev's name enough that I don't think Ivloyev's mm-hmm. even sniffing a title shot right now, unfortunately, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. have a name for it. Volk's still someone that could be in a rematch. You got Holloway fighting, especially if Holloway wins against Gaethje. Especially yes, if he's yeah. the baddest motherfucker on this goddamn planet. Yeah, um, but why would you go try to re-win the 145 belt when you already have the only belt that matters? Because then at least you can say, you can at least say, even though it doesn't matter, I am a two-division champion. Well, yes, yeah. true. Yeah. But then you also say, hey, Taporia, step into my office. Come to daddy. Well, We're going to fight for the BMF belt. You can leave your little paper champion belt that you have behind because that one don't matter. Well, I also don't understand Taporia's call out. He's not saying whether he's going up to 155 to fight Connor or not. And yeah. it's like, you know, Connor is on all the all the substances. He's not going down yeah. to 145 ever again. Once ever. they took away the IV, Connor, yeah. like... Didn't Connor he might never make 155 again. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can. I mean, there's people that are bigger than Connor that makes 155. It's just I'm not saying he wants to. 
can yeah. yeah i don't i don't know if he ever fights yeah, lightweight ever again and, i don't know if he ever fights again to be honest and you know Tapori is saying that he changed his dialogue a little bit or he's expressing himself better it's not that these guys you know t-city yeah you're, it's like i want the new blood to get it. it's like, okay i get it but <laughs> if the old blood is still if max holloway is still unbeatable except for one person and you just beat that one person i want to see max holloway versus Taporia because i want to see max holloway versus everybody but here's yes. the big thing. One of your concerns with fighting a person like Justin Gaethje is after you fight Justin Gaethje, you're just never quite the same. Not the same. So Max, <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Um, Max, Max having this war that's going to be a war and then going down, is he different? I don't know. All, all props to Deporia. He, he is exciting. It's not, it's not anybody hate, not, well, at least us two. It's just that I was a fan of Volk and I just didn't want to see Volk lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those, especially after like the old man Volk stuff and just kind of being endearing, it, it makes it, yeah, you don't want to see those people lose. And and kind of before we move on to the, to the next fight, the, the thing that makes it hard about wanting to give the next group, the next era, their shot is the only person from that era that has a claim to a title shot is he Floyd yeah, at this point only because person. the only yeah. person like I heard talk that well you know Ortega uh Yair is going to be a number one contender fight because it's five rounds co-main it's like yeah but both those guys not only lost to the guy that just got knocked the fuck out but lost in like devastating fashion yeah. both guys got dominated right yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all this talk about the ortega volk fight being a fight of the year contender now there was one round that was competitive in that fight yeah and, and maybe that maybe the first round you could say was competitive as well but but, but that's what that's why tapori is doing the right things to say like it's the new era <laughs> but you still sometimes have to fight the old heads but i'll tell you this man we might not know what his what, what the title future looks like at featherweight but we know what it looks like at Bantamweight. Fuck, yeah. Oh, my God. Marab's so good. Oh, my... Dude, what he just... Like, so, you know, I was kind of hard on this idea of, like, hard on. Why am I (laughs) hard on anything? Um, (laughs) This idea of, Um, like... There's pills for that. I I don't think Cejudo really... I don't know why he was getting this matchup. I just felt like Marab. But if you're going to say, I'm next in line, I'm going to do this to Cejudo. Dude, the way he was tripping him, the way he was taking him down, he out-wrestled... Uh, 2008 Olympic gold medalist. Crazy. Yeah. Fucking yeah, crazy. It, the, it, initially, I was like, man, I do wish, as the fight started, I wish this was the co-main. I wish it was a five-rounder just because y'all know my feelings, right? If it's a number one contender fight, like this needs to be five rounds. We need to give people that opportunity. I know both these guys have fought five rounds before, yeah. but that that's how I feel. And in round one, I thought Cejudo looked really good. He cracked him. Yeah. And it was like, Ooh, like this is going to be competitive. And then the machine just turned it on. I mean, the, and it was interesting because he didn't really go for takedowns early on, you know, let the pace go. And then later on just started, you know, doing what Marab does, getting you into a just exhausting grappling match and challenging, you're gassed because he knows he's not going to tire out. Which, and if you can't continue continuously defend takedowns, and he does have that Khabib to him. We yeah. talked about it last week of like, no, it's cool. Stand up. Yeah, You're going right back down. Yeah. So do you want to spend your energy standing back up? Because you already know what's going to happen. And, and I think that was one of the most surprising things yesterday. I wasn't, I, I thought Marab was going to win. I'm not surprised that he won. I'm surprised that in the second round when he started laying it on him, 
right? Like, because, mm-hmm. like, Cejudo cracked him, and all three judges gave him the first round for a reason. Cejudo won that first round. But that second round, you're like, Cejudo looks gassed. He looked up at the clock with, like, three minutes left. <laughs> That's insane. This is Cejudo we're talking about. Now, whether you like him or don't like him, as a fighter, one of the things that we really praise on Cejudo is he has that wrestler mentality where, like, I don't care how tired or hurt I am. He rolled his ankle against Mighty Mouse bad twice and still ended up winning that fight. Beat the best flyweight of all time. So now I don't think he won the fight, but he won the fight. Yeah. Marab yesterday looked like he was on a different level. Marab looks like a future champion. I I really Mm -hmm. want O'Malley to win against Cheeto and I want to see them to try to figure each other out because if if, uh, if O'Malley's next fight is Marab and he can't crack him and now they already trained for him once, right? That mm-hmm. camp is already trained for him. Wow. Like, like we might we might be seeing a future longtime Bantamweight champion and and arguably the best division in the UFC. And and I wanna see the O'Malley Marab fight just because you know Marab's wearing the jacket to oh, everything yes. for that fight. Oh yes. <laughs> he has become like Marab has become from somebody that like people unjustifiably just disliked because he's a grappler or primarily a grappler to like being one of the most beloved people in the UFC now like that man did a full turn and has everybody getting his back I mean what he did where he has the front headlock the the kind of power guillotine on um on Cejudo and is like whispering sweet nothings into his ear is is yelling at Zuckerberg and then to have the presence of mind to pick up Cejudo in round three and not walk him over to his corner, which you mostly see so that way you can get instruction. But like, no, nah, we're, we're going to go give Zuck a show yeah. and, and go dump him in front of him. I mean, that guy is unreal. And the really exciting thing about him, because it has to be for a title next, it has to be, is we know like some people just innately have a chin right? And it's just part of their DNA. Yeah. But we also know that cardio helps with your chin. Yep. And so we've seen him get hurt badly against uh, Marlon Marais, mm-hmm. survive, and then stop, stop the fight. Yep. And so we've seen O'Malley get tired in three round fights. Now, it's never been an issue. And a lot of times the reason he's tired is because he's throwing like 400 strikes on people and yeah. just using their head as a punching bag. <laughs> But, I mean, that Marab, if he's doing 50 takedown attempts or 49, whatever it was against Piotr Jan, how's O'Malley respond to that I if know. he can't get him out of there? And, and in a five-round fight where your boy's like, I can go 10-round, give me a 10-round fight. It's like, I believe it. One of the interesting things about Marab, kind of bringing it back to the personality portion of it, is like, it feels like he was just waiting for his moment because his training partner was the champion. So it's like, mm-hmm. we didn't get to see his personality. He was just grinding, making sure he won. Really weird to hear him say, I would have fought Aljermaine. You know, like, yeah, I was sh- just about to say that. Very, that especially very Aljermaine in the back, like, what the fuck, bro? But, but that doesn't matter. They're not going to fight. His personality since Aljermaine said that I'm fighting O'Malley and I'm probably going up, hinting that I'm going up regardless of the outcome. Marab has changed it's like he was waiting for that moment to like open up and since then stuff like we talked about Volkanovsky on like he gets it you know he gets the human yeah. Rob gets it like his, his yes. some of his like YouTube things or I'm sure it's on like social media but I see it on YouTube make mm. me laugh out loud 
Like, it, it, I'm like, this is hilarious. Him explaining to Cejudo how to say his name, hilarious. <laughs> Dude. When, when he went to go jump in a frozen lake and hit his head and started bleeding and then releases a video later on of him with boxing gloves punching the ice. <laughs> like, just a hilarious. It. Dude, yeah, yeah, completely gets it. And I, yeah, I found that interesting that he was like, yeah, they never gave us a contract. Yeah. Like we said, we wouldn't fight, but they also never gave us a contract to sign, which is is interesting. That's very smart oh, trying to own that narrative yeah. of because, you know, even after what he did to Piotr Jan, uh, or it was either after the Aldo or the Jan fight. I think it was actually the Aldo fight where Dana White was like, well, yeah, it's just boring. Like who wants to see that guy fight for a title? Uh, and for him to like kind of own the narrative of like, well, you never even offered. And like, you know, I said I wouldn't fight him, but you wouldn't even offer it to me. I, I think that's which which I think I think you're right. He owned the narrative because. I don't know if they would have fought each other, right? Like for how loyal <laughs> Marab says, but just to own it, like we don't have to believe you, but you said it and you said it before the UFC, right? And now the UFC guy has to be like, well, I mean, we didn't do it because you guys said it. Yeah, but you guys never did it. Like, it's not my job to tell you who I want to fight. It's your job to give me a contract. You just never did. You know, like, yeah, like, what's the UFC's rebuttal? Nuh-uh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He put them in position to have a nuh-uh rebuttal. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for him. He deserves the title fight. You sit yes. down. I think Sonan said it. Or Sonan, I don't know who said it, but you sit down and you don't take shit else. You don't take mm-hmm. another fight until it's for the championship of the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and who else would he fight? Right. Like it, he shouldn't have had to fight Cejudo. He I should agree. be fighting March 9th against O'Malley anyway. So. And, and the good thing is, is O'Malley's not a long-standing champion. If he loses to Cheeto again, Cheeto's a champion fighting Marab. One of those Cheeto two Marab, dudes yeah. are fighting Marab. So great. Yep. Yeah. Now the one on the main card that we were different on, on our picks, I will say you got it right. I got it wrong. Um, I am G. Jeff Neal. I am so impressed with Ian Machado Gary and his ability to stick to the game plan for 15 minutes. Yeah. That is that realistically, that was the test, right? It was like Izzy versus Yoel. You are the better technical striker, the better footwork. You have the athleticism, the range, all that Speed. on your side. Yeah. Can you? Keep discipline for the entirety of the fight because if you don't, all it takes is one. And he showed for somebody who's 26 years old a very high level of maturity. And can I say something? I think Neil showed a very low level of fight IQ in this moment. The tag tag push against the cage, not working. There's no yeah. aesthetically, it's not pleasing. I want to ask you this two judges gave all three rounds to Gary. The other judge gave rounds one and two to Neil, third to Gary. Mm-hmm. I thought Gary won two to one. I yeah. don't see a world where Neil won two. I don't feel like he won three. Like my note is, yeah. and I, I don't, this doesn't even matter, but my notes are, I thought it was two one Gary, not three oh. I, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't feel like a three oh fight, right? Yeah. The only, the only round that I thought was decisive was round three yes. for IMG. Yes. And so, I not surprised that it was that two rounds the the judge who gave it to Neil was was one and two for Neil. What's very interesting is statistically speaking, if you were going to give one round to Neil, it probably should have been round one. Yeah. But if you look, most of the like fan scorecards and media scorecards, if they were only giving one round to Neil, it was round two. 
Really? Well, yeah, and I think that has to do with he landed a couple impactful strikes sure. in round two, and that's when he busted up uh, IMG's lip, and he started bleeding out the mouth. And so I think that that visual mattered. I was... It shows how this fight showed how important footwork is. Yes. Because there was time whenever Neil was able to corral IMG, he put hands on. Him. Yeah. He was he was touching him when when he was able to corral him. But then once again, footwork, he was overextending. And we talked about it either last week or the week before of guys punching into the clinch because they're not in control. Yep. And that's exactly what was happening. Right, multiple that, or he felt like, "Hey, I have to hold on to him because he's going to be able to exit." And, his footwork's and, and just he, too good, and it's weird because they were kept talking about footwork, and like it almost looks like Machado's running away, right? Gary's running away, but it's just like he's first of all, his cardio's on point. He's so mm -hmm. slick, he's so fast. To Neil's credit, though, he was like his hands were up; he couldn't like Gary couldn't get through the defense. Mm -hmm. But when he would tag him, you know, like the the body kicks and stuff were good. Yeah, I think the right person won. This this looked like a fight where Neil just couldn't figure out Gary, and mm -hmm. it kind of showed that way. But Gary, I mean, God, he's he's long, lanky. It's going to be interesting to see people that can actually grab onto him and like take him down. But mm -hmm. man, like imagine. MVP beating Holland and then Gary fighting MVP. I mean, like, there's such fun matchups for this kid because mm -hmm. he's not he's not championship level yet. But yeah, him calling out Colby, I love it. Colby needs something, and them, yeah. them two have big mouths and they'll yes, talk. Shit imagine to each that other. press conference. Oh, because Colby's gonna get disrespectful and Gary's sticking behind. You know, all the doesn't matter personal stuff, but he's owning it. Them two are gonna talk shit, and then Colby's gonna be the guy that could grind him against Cage and get him down. And Colby mm -hmm. needs a win. And I think that's a great matchup. I really love that call out. I love the call out. I, I, if I never see Colby fight again, I'm okay with it. Sure. You know, so I, I just don't like the call out. If, if I'm going to watch Colby fight again, like let's get a bad blood fight, you know, him versus Poirier, something like that, where they, you know, they've talked a bunch of trash to each other. Uh, where neither guy is going to contend for a title again. Like, I, that's the kind of fight with... Now, granted, there is something very intriguing about the Covington test for, yeah, for exactly. IMG. I just think he can get it in other ways. Sean Brady, I know we talk about it all the time, and it's hard to book Sean Brady because you never know if he's going to make it to fight night. Correct. But that would be a similar test against somebody where if Brady beats IMG... Brady can build off that, whereas if Colby beats him, they're cool. Where, where do you go, Colby? You're mm -hmm. still in the exact same position you were in before. You can just talk a little bit more shit now. Well, well, um, you're you're in a position where you beat somebody that's actively on the roster. So yeah, 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 and yeah, and we'll touch on that in a second of people that don't hold wins over uh, any active fighters in the UFC. Jesus, um, but IMG showed so much. I thought from the patience, from the understanding of length. Where there's so many times we see rangy fighters not use it well. Yep. And right off the bat, IMG, front, you know, the teep kicks, like all of those distance keepers, brilliant, right? He fights the way somebody with his frame, with his athleticism should fight. I, I was a little... It was a little weird for this being a quote unquote like bad blood fight, how much they were dapping each other up. Super and, bizarre. Know. Yeah. And I thought it was weird on 
Neil's end, not IMG's end, because I feel like he's the kind of guy where part of that is trying to keep you off balance, right? He's talking a bunch of shit. He's like super disrespectful. And then you step in the cage and it's like honorable. And yeah, it's like this weird kind of, well, what's going on here with this dude? We we see it a lot in, especially in MMA where people are Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm just doing this to sell a fight. And like, we're both in the cage. We know how dangerous this is. You're my boy. Yeah. my boy, Blue. But but <laughs> Neil, Neil doing weird. It was weird, yeah. Neil and, yeah, and his and coach being like, frozen. "Stop fucking tapping him up." It's funny. Yeah, and he was getting frozen. Oh yeah, you know, like there was times where you would just see him freeze in the cage. So, uh, all credit to Neil or to uh, IMG because he was the one freezing him. You know, that had to do with the feints and and Neil not really knowing how to get the fight to be the fight he wanted. Can I, can I have uh, really, a conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat? Please. I think that. IMG trying to sell the fight the first time took it to a, a level where Neil feel, felt disrespected and then did that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've had private conversations where it's like yeah. there's no more bad blood and we just don't see it. We're, we're still expecting, especially with all the shit that IMG has in his personal life, we're mm-hmm. still expecting this bad blood and they probably yeah. have wiped it away, right? It's, it's yeah. what it seemed like to me where it's like I'm dapping up the even the before the fight, like the fact that they let him do that. I don't think they should have. I don't think they should go over to the corner, yeah, to to the corner and like dap everybody up. It was very bizarre. It's like you got to catch those things, but it feels like hindsight now. It's like they probably squared this away between them as men, and it's like we don't have that anymore. What's very interesting is the other guy. At least I think it's interesting. The other guy that does that is Du Bronx. Yeah, and uh, Diego Lima was the chief corner for IMG in this fight. Mm, okay. So I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting of didn't catch that. that so good catch. Yeah. And then the other person that was in the corner, D-Rod. Yeah. Super strange, right? Yeah. But that tells me something about IMG yep. that, you know, and for how quickly Marab turned from people disliking him to liking him, IMG went from people like this is the next stup- superstar to like, fuck this guy. And all because of Strickland, people are on Strickland's are, balls, you know. Yes, yep, absolutely. In the it, but you have people in the background, right? Like Diego Lima shoot to box is a respectful camp, and I don't think they're letting a guy in there who is disrespectful. Fair, you know, same thing, D Rod being in, in his corner, you know, that was. Up until the Magni win, like the biggest win of IMG's career, he's Billy walking after putting this guy out that does not get finished, and he's in his corner. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think IMG's more likable after this past week I than agree. before because the the video that came out of him talking about why he employs his his wife's ex husband um, as part of his camp as a nutritionist, I, I like that. Right? He's doing it because he doesn't want. Uh, his son, you know, a, a child that is in his life now to not see his father all the time. Yeah. So like awesome on him for that. The, I felt like IMG kind of toned down some of the outlandishness this week. And but I think he had to though. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, completely agree. And I think it was smart, right? He very yeah. easily could have dug his heels in and be like, no, fuck you guys. Yeah. You know uh, what he said post fight in the cage of just like, hey, I'm 26 years old. I'm living my dream. Yeah, like y'all, y'all can can fuck off. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. That's, so. And that's and that that's the kind of digging heels he should have done because <laughs> if people want to talk about your manhood, it they can and they're going to seem like they're right, right? Like I think I think it's one of the things about Sean Strickland that if you like him or hate him, 
you know, it's one of the things that annoys me about him is he he calls people out on their manhoods, and then when he finally got called out, he looked like kind of a a beta cut. You know, I'm just joking, but mm. you know, I just wanted to say that. Uh, I've been watching on Sunday <laughs> lately. Um, but but IMG could have dug his heels in and been like, like fuck you guys, I gotta be. But he's just like, I'm I'm I'm. What are you doing? You know. And sometimes yeah. that reflection's even like. It hurts more. It's like when your parents just say, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. why, why you gut check me like that? Man? Um, but- he's, he's somebody at his age that's so incredibly like comfortable in who he is. Yeah. You know, that that is, it's admirable because you have people that have spent 50 years on this planet that don't have that level of just ego aside. Humility. You know, confidence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, humility. Um Paulo Costa, a guy who does not currently own a win over an active UFC fighter. Uh, but I do have to say, you know, for all the shit talk and all the bravado and everything that he showed coming into this fight, he put on a good performance. Dude, I d- thought that's as good as he's looked since the Izzy fight. Dude, and let's let's keep it real. He he was getting popped. His face doesn't even look damaged. So it looks <laughs> it looks different. That spinning wheel kick, he's dangerous as shit. I think one of the mm-hmm. things with like when he gets hurt, he clearly has a tail where he sticks out his tongue. He's like, but wait, I got yeah. you. He's trying to goad Bobby Knuckles into doing it. But let's be real. I didn't expect the fight to be this close. I just no. didn't. And I was like, Costa lost again. And, you know, he's ranked super high in the middleweight division. Yeah. He hasn't beat anybody. But I want to see him fight everybody that wants to get to his level because mm-hmm. he's a challenge and if he's he looked good he gets he's one of the people that gets it you know like being on the on the scale with his secret juice that shit's funny yeah. it's just funny he looked in shape he looked like he could have gone another two rounds if he needed to this this costa this is a this is a scary fucking costa man but bobby knuckles come on it's yeah. Whitaker, bro he's so good mm-hmm. yeah the i was I mean, obviously the wheel kick changed things because Whitaker was winning that round. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then it's like, how do you score that round, right? Because if Whitaker's winning for four minutes and 50 seconds, which and I then, felt but he then was. there's an, yeah, but then there's an almost knockout. Yep. <laughs> what, you know, what, what happens there? I'm glad I'm not a judge. Well, two of the judges gave it to Whit, uh, Costa, and I don't disagree Costa. with it. I don't disagree yeah. with it, man. Yeah. It was the most I, significant thing that happened that round. Yeah. If there's eight, sec- eight more seconds, possibly the fight's over. Who knows? And tell me, the, your, tell me your, your heart didn't sink to your stomach when that happened. You're like, he's about to get knocked out, right? I, yeah. I, I, I like, know oh, you no. enough to be like, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, but I, I was very impressed with, with Costa. I, I thought he, he looked motivated. He came in in shape. The, it, I mean, obviously he gets drawn out during the weight cuts, kind of, kind of like Drew Dober, somebody with a you know big head, strong chin, where like his face just gets super sucked in when he's cutting weight. Yeah, dude. But it didn't. There was no nonsense, right? There was no... Peterson was there? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he went full Keith. Uh, But there was no just like excuses. There was no like, well, maybe I want this fight at light heavyweight. You know, there was none of that bullshit. He was was ready for this fight. He couldn't quite figure out the blitzes of Whitaker. You know, every now and then he would would land as Whitaker was coming in. But this was kind of the story of one big shot versus Whitaker firing off three, four and the three, four are always going to win unless you are dropping the person repeatedly with your big shots, which is why Costa won round one, you know, uh, but great job by Whitaker to, to rebound after that. 
almost getting knocked unconscious, stanky legged, and then coming in round two and then oh, you know, won the rest of the fight. It was it was impressive. And deer in the headlights look right. And oh, for yeah. a long time, well, I, I just want to ask you, do you think Costa deserved to take round one after that uh, last minute? Yes or no? Without rewatching? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's just funny because for longtime listeners, our buddy, Mike Bell, judged this round. No, judged this fight. <laughs> he's one of the three fights he judged. Damn you, Mike and Bell. He's, and he's the only person that gave round one to Whitaker. So, you know, it's just funny to have him come he, back. I know you missed him, man. He also did not give a 10 8 to Amanda Lemos in round two against Mackenzie Dern. I mean, he probably misses that you haven't said damn you, Mike Bell. Yeah. Two full months now, man. Yeah. So, th- so that wasn't a more dominant round than freaking Grasso had against Shevchenko. We sure? Well, we sure I mean, about that, Mike? But nobody gave a 10 8. I know, which is, and we can transition to that here in, in just one second. Uh, real quick for Whitaker looking forward, I think there's two matchups for where he's at. Either Brendan Allen, if Brendan Allen wins against Vittori. Sean Strickland. I think there's one matchup and it's Strickland. I love the Strickland. Brandon Allen for fans. Just like I'm just a fan <laughs> of Brandon Allen, but it's Strickland, right? Like Strickland and Whitaker, both champions that lost the belt. They're still there. They're they are mm-hmm. kind of the. I mean, we talk about this middleweight division, and I'm actually since we're talking about middleweight and we did have a bantamweight fight. Like, there's a part of me that's like, God, middleweight. I might be more excited about some of the things happening in middleweight than bantamweight, which is a crazy fucking thing to say. But yeah. they are the standards right now. Whitaker has always been right there. He has been the Daniel Cormier to John Jones. He he's been the you know Max Holloway to Volk. He's been that guy that we think could be the champion if Izzy wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They, I think they need to fight. I just think they need to answer the question for us: is who is the next best guy in the division? And you know, with rumors of Izzy fighting DDP at three hundred, which is just insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, yeah, it's just like, but but that that to me means that are they going to give Izzy a title shot to DDP anyways? I don't know. Whatever happens in that division, Robert Whitaker, I feel, can beat almost everybody with the exception of Izzy just because we've seen him lose a couple times, and mm-hmm. I would love to see him run it back with DDP. But Strickland, yeah. Strickland's the guy. Yeah, I just... I... I like the idea of new blood, which is why I like the Brendan Allen sure. matchup, just because then if Allen beats Whitaker, then it's like, okay, here's a guy who's ready for a title shot. Um, whereas, you know, we could fall into, well, yeah, if Strickland or Whitaker, whoever wins that one, then gets the next title shot, but it's matchups we've seen. But, but we have new blood as a champion, and it's the same thing for the featherweight division now. Like, yeah, it would be nice to see Taporia fight Ivloyev, but... Let's be real. He still has to answer Max Holloway, Brian yeah. Brian Ortega, and Yuri yeah, Rodriguez questions. I think this is the same in that middleweight division where you have clear people at the top. Like Brendan Allen might be that guy, but Sean Strickland proves that he is that guy. Robert Whitaker proved that he is that guy. So you know, yeah, those I just think the difference is like DDP's fought those guys. Sure. You know, like DDP fought like worked Whitaker. Sure. Right? Sure. I mean, dominated him. Um, and so we can go one of two ways here. Since we're talking middleweights, you want to go Kapalov Hernandez, or do you want to talk Dern Lemos? Well, I mean, we can we can talk about Kapalov Hernandez. Just go ahead and round out the main card. Okay, fair enough. The uh, this was one where I, I was picking with my heart a little bit, and yeah, instead too. of my brain. Me too. Uh, 
I almost switched it at, at the end, but I was like, how can I say Kopilov's the guy I'm most excited for at 185 and then not not back him? Uh, but Hernandez did what what we thought he could. Yeah. You know, he pressured him towards the end of round one. You know, Kopilov was able to defend takedowns, but you saw, okay, now it's getting slightly easier and then going into round two, yep. you know, they, it, it was easier and... Fluffy might be the most underrated guy and one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. And he's so like just chill, soft spoken. Like if I saw him, I wouldn't think he was a fighter. Like he just seems mm. so happy. But let's keep it real. We say this all the time. You have to pass the test. You have to answer questions. We had a question answer for us, and Kapilov is not there yet. That first rear naked attempt. And and Fluffy felt like he had it in, but then Kopilov kind of like just got, and then him just switched to the other arm, to the other side, and then really sink it in and be like, you're donezo. Super mm-hmm. impressive. And then, yeah, I, I agree with you. I was picking with my heart too, just because I was like, if Kopilov does this, I think like his future is going to be, yep, skyrocketing. Fluffy mm-hmm. said, fuck that noise, dude. Don't forget about me. And unfortunately, you know, when you're ranked and your opponent's not ranked, it's it's hard to fit. But if you're not excited to see Fluffy's next fight, you're crazy as shit. Yeah, the, he was one that, and and I believe I mentioned it last week, that as I was doing the research, I was like, oh, I kind of forgot about this yeah, guy. Oh, like, this dude is too. so supremely talented. I, I feel like every week there there's one or two fighters as I'm doing the research where it's like, oh, my God, like, this dude is good. Yep. And that's how I felt watching Hernandez. It was this was obviously Taporia Volk is the fight that everybody was looking forward to on this card. But this was the the second one for me, even above the Marab Sahudo of just I want to know how this plays out. I want to see what happens here. And Kapilov hurt him. Yeah. Hurt him to the body. That oh, yeah. first kick hurt him. And that answers a question for Fluffy because you know, he's lost twice in the UFC, and one of them was Kevin Holland kneeing him in the body and crumpling yep. him, you know, and so for him to eat that body shot and keep on keeping on, yeah. like, was was impressive, and he did what, you know, who can handle that? Who is going to handle that pace, that relentlessness, that chin? Like, here is a guy that, and it was quasi disrespectful what Bisping was saying. Like, you know, he doesn't have the best genetics. He's not the, you know, he's, he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. But here is a guy that I don't think you're going to have to turn him off. I don't think he's ever going to be as out of a fight. Turning him on, you exactly. Yeah. Um, I think as long as this dude's breathing, he's going to be in a fight. Yeah. Really, really impressed with him. Would like to see now that he took out one of the the big prospects in this division uh, would like to see him Roman Delize coming off a loss, I think would be very intriguing, but for my people that love grappling winner of Paul Craig and Kyle Bahalio would be a ton of fun. And I'm going to throw another name in there just because I'm kind of irritated with this fighter. I'll, <laughs> I'll smash everybody. I'll fight everybody. And then you don't fight mm. anybody ever. Why not just mm. give him Hamzat, right? Like Hamzat needs to fight fucking somebody. And now we Hamzat has grappling, you know, yeah. but he has to beat somebody. And, you know, it seems like it seems like he's going that Costa route where it's, he's never getting a fight. He, and I, I'm not saying he wasn't injured and I know Ramadan and all that stuff, but Hamzat's this person that I'll fight anybody anywhere. And then you're fighting more outside of the cage than you are inside the cage. 
So give Fluffy a guy like him. I mean, Hamzat's ranked number 11 based on him fighting and beating Kamaru Usman. What the yeah. fuck are we talking about? So that's another I, name I want to throw in there. Yeah, and love that fight. The issue with Hamzat at this point is he can't get in the United States. Okay, so have them go overseas. Yeah, but that that's part of the problem with scheduling him is there's so few cards yeah. that are overseas at this point that he can get on. Basically, he can fight in the Middle East, and that's yeah. it because he's hanging out with dictators. Yeah. You know, it, it's unfortunate. Would love to see him fight more, but I love that that matchup. And then Dern, Amanda Lemos, you know, good on Mackenzie Dern, right? There's still, but there's still a lot. Of, questions weren't necessarily answered. We know she's tough as shit, but but, but she still but, showed the the holes. I thought in the striking. Yeah, but that toughness really came through. I mean, like, I don't always, and we talk about this all the time. If you're saying, man, you were tough, but you lost, it's like you probably mm -hmm. got beat up. But yeah. she was tough, and she was still presenting a lot of problems. Like, her mm -hmm. nose is fucking broke. When she got, what was that, a left hook, and she just kind of stopped and fell to the ground. Dropped. It's like that moment. It's like, your shit is fucked up right then. Mm -hmm. And then she still went to the end of the fight. All credit yeah. to her, but Limosh is a bad motherfucker, too. Got in some really weird positions on the ground. And that's just that shows high level jujitsu by Dern. But you're right. Yeah, like, one of the best in the world. Yeah, but but you're right. Her stand-up sometimes is just like flail, flail, flail. And it's like that's why your nose is broken. That's why you get hit so fucking much. Is mm -hmm. because you you have to shore that up because you're not going to and we saw it earlier on the in the card with Carlos Vera, it's like, yeah, you could be a jujitsu, but if you're on your back the whole time and you can't do anything, you're not going to win, right? So, like, Mackenzie Dern, if you're going to have that where your jujitsu game, you have to finish the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think moving forward, Dern's going to be one of those people that is a, a test for other fighters. Yeah. Right? You've yeah. got to mind your P's and Q's in the grappling, and here's somebody that is going to be in your face for the entire fight. They're not going anywhere. It's going to be very, very difficult to get them out of there. Uh, and like even with Andrade, who we've seen put people out, Dern didn't go out. She just kept getting dropped, yeah. right, until the ref stopped it. So I think, you know, we we now know Dern's ceiling. She's not a top five fighter. I think she's a borderline top ten. Correct. That is is a very stiff test for, for people. And if you're one of these prospects th that is on their way, if you're loopy, you know, if you're Tabitha Ricci, like this is, that's a test that you're going to need to pass on the way up. Um, and to, to Lemos's credit, I mean, you know, I, she faded down the stretch, but I also think she, she punched herself out. I think she thought Dern was out. When Dern, hit her back and just started kicking her legs wildly. It was like, oh, okay, like this fight's about to be stopped. So I, I think there was some of that adrenaline dump. Um, I was absolutely amazed that live odds late in the third round was plus money for Lemos. That, how? Yeah, I, I don't how, get that. How did people think Lemos was losing that fight in the third round? But to, to I, I don't know. I think Lemos clearly won one and two, and then I do think she lost three. Every mm -hmm. judge agrees with that. Yep. It's impressive that Dern won three. Right. And mm -hmm. then and then you Absolutely. think and then you think about it. If a judge just sees, well, actually, I really think what she did on the ground in round two was good enough for her to win. She wins the fight. But you know what I'm saying? Like if you have that moment, she wins. But I think Lemosh is kicking her legs out and 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 dropping her. She just did more. I don't 
while I think that Dern won round three, she didn't win the fight. The right person won. But yeah, when you, I think you might have texted Josh and I that, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that. I wasn't even paying attention to that. It's like, oh, that's bizarre. Josh is my brother. Hostway. For newer listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but I mean, Limo, she did what she, what she was supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. There's no, I don't think there's any world where you can realistically say Mackenzie Dern should win this fight, uh, you know, more times than not. Six out of ten times, whatever. I feel like Lemos wins that fight nine out of ten. Yeah, I think Lemos wins it every time until Dern's striking is better because, like, she was just picking her apart. You look at, I mean, Dern's shin swelled up immediately. Yeah. Immediately swelled up. I mean, this was kind of the the night of the calf kicks. It, awesome. it seemed like everyone that threw calf kicks by the second one, they they busted up the shin of the other person. It was unbelievable. Uh, Evolution but, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dern's shin was swollen up. Her face was a mess. I mean, either orbital definitely knows like there was fractures in her face. Yes. Um, so like damage matters. I'm I'm pretty surprised there wasn't at least one ten eight for. Uh, for Lemos in round two, especially like, hey, Mike Bell, you gave Grosso a 10-8. Like, how is that not a... Well, he's learned that not He listened to the podcast. He learned the lesson, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but for Lemos, rebook the Tatiana Suarez Yeah, that's, that's the only fight. Let, let's just do it because we're about to see at UFC 300 the, the, the belt be on the line. Let's have this and then, yeah, you know. Um, and, and, and since you brought up calf kicks, let's talk about... Junior Toffa's calf is probably Oof. fucked up for years to come. <laughs> oh, God. DeLima's legs are so, so big. It's stupid. So to get kicked by that, like, no, thank you. Ouch. If, yeah, if Junior Toffa's not a professional fighter, his, like, it might have kicked from the knee down just off his leg. Might have gone flying. <laughs> oh, if it was I mean, me, it, yeah, my shit would be gone. <laughs> yeah, like, rip I'd the skin, look like boom. Lieutenant Dan right now. Dude. It'd be <laughs> yes. bad unbelievable you know kind of sucks every i think everybody was hoping for the story of junior taffa you know yeah. stepping in for his brother on a day's notice which by the way like let's not let's not um amazing what junior taffa did uh, amazing to step in that short notice but his brother blew his knee out on wednesday yeah so like you know it wasn't he's warming you know he's running on the treadmill yeah. to lose a, a pound to go way in and he blows his knee out and junior's like yeah i got it like this is something that obviously they were had been in talks since wednesday uh but uh, yeah amazing awesome for hogeria de lima you know coming back from that Derek lewis just beating yep. you know for him to say hey, hey guys i'm still top 15 like yep. you know rebook it with with justin toffa yeah. and think. and he and he essentially got a calf kick ko right like this mm-hmm. the fight stopped i know i know they didn't necessarily stop it when he fell but that's what stopped it that was yeah. it was it was over and good on frank trigg he kind of like he watched him drop and frank trigg might be the most relaxed ref Absolutely. ever in there and i think obviously the guy a was a yeah a championship yeah. level fighter <laughs> um but just kind of like casually walked over is like, yeah, he ate two. We're good. We'll stop this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and good on him because a lot of the damage wasn't even like head damage or body damage. Yeah. It was just that calf. And yep. I mean, it is what it is. Heavyweight fights can go either way. Tafa jumping in. You never know what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. yesterday it's like, okay, that was, that's probably always going to happen in that matchup. You know? Yeah. Uh, one before we talk about our two just bleed specials, which nice. did deliver, uh, do want to talk about that Vera Rinya Nakamura fight. Uh, don't have to talk a bunch about it, but very, very impressed 
with Rinya Nakamura. I know it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing fight. I know there was not a lot of damage, but I am really impressed for the fight IQ of a guy who is nine fights into his professional fighting career. He is in the UFC learning on the job in the deepest division in, in MMA, right? And the guy has less than 10 fights. His ability to defend and then be defensively responsible to be like, hey, I'm going to take the shots when they're there. Yeah. But if they're not there, I'm not going to force it because I have somebody that is going to shred ligaments in my leg yeah. if I if I let up for a second. And so was really impressed with defensively what he was able to do against an absolute leg lock wizard yeah. in Carlos Vera. But then also he got one or two shots in when he could. But just that presence of mind to be like, hey, guys, I get it. This isn't pleasing to the eye for you guys. But guess what? Like. I need to get the dub here and to to be responsible when fans are booing eight seconds into them touching the mat, which is insane. Uh, I love that Joe Rogan was like, these bloodthirsty creeps. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, impressed with, with Nakamura. That is a, that shows something to me. I think the ceiling is sky high for this guy. And I, and I think the reason why fans are, are, were booing at that point, because at that, that point, that's a fifth fight. And it's been two decisions to, you know, mm -hmm. TKOs. But yeah. for me, I mean, yeah, it's so high level. It's outside of my scope of knowing what the fuck's going on. But it's not it's not exciting. It wasn't an exciting yeah. fight. You know, it's one of those things where we were super stoked to see Nakamura. We highlighted him last week. But when you're watching it, you're like, okay, you know, what he's doing is impressive. But this isn't, I don't want to watch this type of fight six fights in a row. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's tough, agreed. You know, agreed. It what it tells me it, to me it was more educational and exciting. Yeah, and it tells me that here is a guy that understand you know, wants to be exciting, but understands at the end of the day it's about the dub and will do what he needs to yeah, do to get absolutely. that. Enjoy. I, not the best fight, but I enjoyed that because it's like, okay, I want to see what this guy does next time. Now. Well, at the end of the day, he did what he had to do. What do our fans need to do at the end of the day? Go and tell him. Oh, I think, well, not at the end of the day. You can do it right now. Okay, perfect. Right now. Yeah, since you're already on your podcast listening service of choice, just hit that like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is. Give us a, a rating, and uh, that way you will know when the episodes drop, especially with some of these later ceremonial weigh-ins that are happening. Sometimes the F updates do come out a little later, uh, but give us a follow. Also on at number one BS pod on X. Do it. Do it. And then our two Just Bleed specials. That absolutely delivered. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. Uh, Danny Barlow, Josh Quinlan. Um, Barlow's just got nice timing. He, he catches him coming in. Yeah, he's really slick. Obviously, I think he's seven or eight fights into his MMA career. There's going to be a lot of things he needs to work on. This is a matchup that was favorable to the style of both men. Yep. But to do what he did, I mean, just brutalized him round three and and here's the thing quinlan did so good the first two mm -hmm. rounds are so good now barlow's saying that he broke his arm in the first round which is which is even, crazy even crazier yeah. but for me quinlan just came out a little sloppy in the third and barlow said mm -hmm. that's all i needed and that's yes. that's dangerous when all you need is one tiny mistake and these high level things barlow fucked him up in that third round bro i mean yeah his, like both of his eyes were shot yeah. Oh, yeah. Quinlan's Quin his head, whole head was lumped up, oh. but Quinlan's body wouldn't let the fight finish. Yes. Right. Because you saw when and good on Herzog for stopping that because Quinlan was fucked up. 
But you saw afterwards, like Quinlan just leaned on Herzog. Like that's not his corner. That's the ref. Yeah. And he just leaned on him for like 30 seconds, you know, waiting for other people to get into the cage. Um, Tough to see if you're a fan of Quinlan. Very exciting to see if you're a fan of Barlow. He is a guy that has fight changing power. It does, he doesn't have to put you out cold, but he's if he if he touches you, it's going to be a problem. And it was the left hand that he thought he broke. I, that, but that's what hand. I'm saying. If he really did break his, because he said I broke my forearm and I think I broke my hand, and then you broke his face with that same. Mm, yeah. Like that's that's not okay. You shouldn't yeah. do that. That's that's when you quit. Don't you quit? If I break my <laughs> finger, I'm not going to type. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to not punch yeah. him in the face. Super impressive. I got a paper cut. Yeah, super <laughs> impressive. He um he has that exciting style that, like you said, just bleed. But he has that style that people are going to become fans of him. Very, very Ovin St. Peru type of style to me, you know. How could you not be a fan of them? He has a rat tail. And moving on to <laughs> Brendison Hibero and Zhang Ming Yang. That was the other Just Bleed special that uh, absolutely delivered. I mean, Ming Yang's power is unreal. He like It looked like he got poked in the eye and was like, hold on, no, wait. Oh, crack. Oh, <laughs> and, and I didn't, we talked about it on the phone last night, I didn't see the follow-up left hand. Mm-hmm. After he hit him with the right in, in real time. So it looked like he hit him with the right and there was like a delayed reaction where the Hibero was like, all right, I'm going to throw one more. And <laughs> Can't do it because my body's out, dude. They both, first of all, they both throw stones, dude. Like they yes. both throw, it's, it's insane. But that combination, left straight, right hand, left hook. And then I'm going to still hammer fist you. Yes. It, it was, but- that, that was super, super fun. It was, it was quick. And right when the fight started, you're like, this isn't going to go past the first round. Like, no, no yeah, way. they came out and were just throwing. It's like, oh, this, uh, unless both guys tire out, like this one's yeah. going to end quickly. Um, don't normally do uh, fights I want to see for, uh, you know, prospects and things of that nature, but would absolutely love to see Zhang take on Tyson Pedro, regardless of if he okay. wins okay. against Vitor Petrino, because that's going to be the most exciting uh, 98 seconds that, that you could have. At, <laughs> You're calling at, it right now, 98 seconds. Be specific. Um, and then going wait, into... Wait, 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 before we go in, we do yeah. got to shout out your boy, Vanderlei Silva, get into the yes. UFC Hall of Fame. I mean, like, here's the thing. You and I, living in Florida together, 2006, watching... I don't remember that website you used to watch fights on, but like you got yeah. real big into like Fedor and we're watching mm-hmm. Vangelay. We're watching this guy is fucking scary. I love what they did because they didn't just talk about his fighting. People talked about, first of all, how they wanted to be like him, but mm-hmm. also how when he's standing across and you do like the way he's staring you down is fucking scary. There's a couple people, Poetan's one of them, mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, this guy wants me dead. Vanderlei has that. The axe murder is perfect for him. Yeah, yeah, and they, without testing and pride, like <sighs> my man standing across from you, rolling <sighs> his hands out or the wrists out with sandstorm going. This is hilarious. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and you you saw a freaking old T Ferg was loving it when they were playing sandstorm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like one of the most intimidating things in the history of of MMA, and I'm glad that, and I know it's different because Vanderlei ended up fighting in the UFC, but I'm glad that. Since UFC is so synonymous with mixed martial arts, I'm glad that a pride fighter, because by the time Vanderlei got to the UFC, he was on the ass end of his career. Um, It was as nice to see somebody who was so influential in the sport outside of the UFC. 
And, and one thing, I, I love that you said it that way, because one of the things is we're seeing fighters today because of people like Vanderlei, right? Like we're seeing female fighters because of Ronda Rousey. And, mm-hmm. and we're seeing the skill level where it was not big back then. Now we're seeing it now. You're like, what the fuck? They're, you know, the, that's what the gap is. People are, I wanted to be Vanderlei. I wanted to be that. And because you have that star and that shining light, then we have where we're at in 2024. So props to him. It was awesome to see. Um, you know, the, the people around him seemed happy, you know, even, yeah. even Sonin was like, you know, we had problems, but like, that's the guy I wanted. To, I was terrified of it. It's, it's, it was, it was a great, great inductee. Yeah. Well, and good on the UFC too, of making sure there was a ton of pride highlights in there. Cause how many people that, you know, like we're getting older yeah. and as we were getting into MMA was kind of the height of Vanderlei, right? Maybe a little after, but, but right there. And so how many people that, you know, started getting into MMA with Conor McGregor, yeah. you know, or even since then with Izzy, you know, some of those people like, oh, shit, did you see that guy stomping heads? Dude, like, I'm going to go back and watch his fights. I forgot about like the stomp when they were showing that. Highlight, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I, like, Dude, I forgot that we're just allowed to stir comp of uh, curb stomp. I said curb stomp. You stir comp of people? <laughs> curb stomp motherfuckers. It was it was cool to see. And I mean, he's deserving, right? He's just deserving. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Any anytime one yeah. of those, the old heads gets, you know, gets their due. Love, love to see it. Yeah. One of the things that I'm going to love to see with this fight night, Mexico City, they have the card loaded up with Mexican fighters, which is awesome because you know that they're scrappers. It's in the DNA, right? It is going to be awesome to watch. There are some really intriguing prospects on this card. Uh, One of them who's Brazilian, uh, Felipe Dos Santos. And if that name doesn't sound familiar, he's the guy that stepped in on short notice and gave Manel Cop all he could handle. Here's a guy that was supposed to be fighting on contender series and gets booked against a top 10 fighter in the division, a guy that many people think is going to contend for a title at some point uh, and and hurt him, hurt him in the fight, took the best that he could give. It was a very impressive debut in the ufc for dos santos and now i want to see like cool excuse me cool you put on this great performance you lost but you put on this great performance do you do the diego lopez now that you're being matched up against somebody that you should be matched up against do you look like yeah oh no you belong with the monel cops not the victor altamiranos and and here's the thing is victor altamirano is 10 years his senior Right, mm-hmm. so this is this is one of those like old heads, potentially more experienced, like we're having more experience. But Victor, he got out grappled by Tim Timeli in his last show and got you know just got out grappled. Dos Santos, we talked about him when he fought Cop. He lost, and both of us were like, I cannot wait for his next fight. I'm so excited that it's like coming up mm-hmm. in less than seven days because that showing is what. When, when you can lose a fight and your stock goes up, okay, well, you're special. Th- there's something special about that. And I'm, I'm just ready to see him. I love your note, like a little Bronx. He is. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Yeah. He is. He's, he's, I'm really excited to see this, and it's going to be a little deflating for my excitement if he ends up and just he doesn't look good, right? Like if, yeah. he, if he just kind of shits the bed, it's going to be like, fuck, man, because he's 23 years old. The world in front of him had his opportunity and showed up to his opportunity. 
you love to see that. You love to see someone just being like, this is my moment, and I'm going to put everything on there. And you felt like he left everything in the cage, even though he lost. Now he gets to prepare for somebody and, and show what he's got. I love this match. Yeah, the guy made his UFC debut on the third fight of the pay-per-view <laughs> in Australia on a card being headlined by Izzy. Yeah. Right. And, and the and moment did up. not seem too big for yes. him. Yes, he seemed calm. Yeah, he even when he was getting like Monokov clearly was better. Beating like him. he just yeah. better. But to never get discouraged, to never like just be like, well, fuck it, I'm not supposed to be here anyways. It's like, dude, I'm supposed to be here. It's just I'm here a little bit sooner than I was anticipating. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm super stoked about this this kid. Yeah, and anytime there's a young fighter who does that, you are a little worried about. You know, do they then step up? Diego Lopez was a little different because yeah. a little older yeah. and, you know, very experienced in the game. But I feel like fighting out of that Diego Lima shoot the box camp, they ain't going to let this, you know, he gets humbled in practice every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're not going to let this oh, dude yeah. uh, get too big for his britches. So I think yeah. it should be, should be a fun one there. Another one with a young fighter, not really a prospect, uh, but still super young, Raul Rosas. Jesus. Right? The, the guy is now on what? This is going to be his fourth fight in the UFC, and he's 18, 19, 19 years, old. years old. 19 years old. He's fought four times fight. in the UFC. Yes. Yeah, and his sole loss is to, I mean, he was winning the first round and just got a little amped up and too excited. Sure. And, you he know, did. got he did. Yeah, got got exhausted got against C Rod, who yeah. beats lots of very good fighters. <laughs> you know, is a very good fighter himself. Uh, but I want to see what Rosas is. We did not get to see after the loss to C Rod. We did not get to see if he learned. Yeah, because he came out and knocked out Terrence Mitchell in like really fifty. Good. Yeah, what was it? Fifty four seconds, yeah. right? Which showed us he's got the power now to put people yep. out with his hands, but. We didn't get to see, does he manage his gas tank better, you know, or is it still like that young man, like, I'm going to go out and get this guy out of here. Ricky Tercios is a durable fighter. So I I think we should get that question answered here. Um, and and I want to see it. Right? Yeah, because yeah, Ter- I don't think he's going to walk through Tercios, right? Like, that would be impressive. If he walks through him, if he just, like, absolutely suns him, that'll be impressive. Like, Ricky Tercios is, like you said, he's durable. He's tough as shit. Yeah, he's been finished once in yeah. 15 fights. Yeah, like he's tough as shit. So, uh, I mean, and, and he also fought C-Rod and, you know, lost mm-hmm. a decision. So, like, this 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 guy's no slouch. Yep. Uh, they're both young, too. I mean, like, you want to mm-hmm. talk about, well, no, Tercios is 30. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. Rosas is He's kind of young in his UFC yeah, career. Yeah, Rosas is yeah. 19. I mean, like, whew. And, and he's, got that, he's got that potential it factor. Yeah, it's just like... W- you're excited to see his press conferences. You know, you're excited to see the week leading up. So it'll be fun. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, they like leading up to the C-Rod fight, they had features on him on ESPN. And like, they were really trying to pump this kid up. Uh, And he's one of the few people you can legitimately call a kid. Right. Like the guy's a couple of years away from being able to legally enjoy a beer in the United States. And and you know, he's in Mexico. He's going to come out all like, geared up and stuff it's gonna oh, be yeah. it's gonna be great it's gonna be great yeah, he rocks the sombrero regardless yeah. talk, <laughs> talking about geared up i'm looking out the window right now and for some reason my son is outside with a fireman's hat on <laughs> so, yeah what if yeah, there's it's a like fire in the neighborhood yeah it's like 35 <laughs> degrees here uh, um and then 
Let's just keep it with the youth movement here. We have a matchup between Daniel Zellhuber and Francisco Prado. For those of you that don't know, Prado is Argentinian Drew Dober. Uh, but nice. Zellhuber is 24 years old, and he's the older fighter in, in this one. He is impressive. 6'5 reach at lightweight, not something that that you always see. Yeah. Uh, but at 24 years old, has 15 professional fights. For him, this is going to be his fourth fight in the UFC at that age. Um, does start slow. Yeah. You know, we have seen him start slow against Christos Giagos uh, on contender series against That's Lucas correct. Almeida. Yeah, gets yeah. gets hit and gets yes. hurt. Um, but does have the ability to find his rhythm as that goes on. He's almost one of those guys where like he has to get clipped to to get into the fight. You don't want to do that against Prado. Nope. You know, I mean, Prado has 13 fights, 12 wins, and every single one is a finish. Six and six. So sorry, Zell Hooper. You don't know if you're getting knocked out or submitted. Yeah, yeah I'm new. I don't know what to do. And and, and <laughs> Prado got out grappled by um, Malarkey, but I, I believe that was a short notice fight. I think that was a short notice fight for him. Uh, but yeah. but but he bounces back with was as as I Ottoman. I'll just say Ottoman. yeah, Ottoman. And it's Azatar, like yeah. oh, okay, well, fuck. You know, like when it when it comes to it, you're knocking, you're kin flowing. This dude's kin flowing mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah, every time. Now the <laughs> interesting thing will be five nine reach, six foot five inch reach. Yes, six foot five inch reach is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, for a lightweight. Like, are you kidding me? But the. It, I just like I don't know how this is going to play out because Prado being five nine like or having the five nine reach like we we know like he's he's never the longer fighter yeah so here's a guy and that's why despite looking like Drew Dober even the kind of fight the comparison you know it is pretty apt like he's he has to close the distance he's super powerful and he does wild shit you know he'll throw the spinning shit he'll dude step in elbows i mean he's he's scary his like his ground and pound is forceful what yep. he did to a zaitar on the ground you know i mean just two young guys that are going to look like they don't belong in the same weight class mm-hmm. uh, that that are just exciting to watch that that is one of those that uh, if it is fight of the night will not be surprised it'll be difficult with our main event of the yes. Roy Val. Uh, I was say there's only one problem with fight of the night is that the main event is so goddamn good. Yeah. And then another the guy this is what I was talking about. Lots of very exciting prospects on this. Uh, Manuel Torres and Chris Duncan, right? I mean Manuel Torres 14 wins, 13 by finish. Um and a killer. He's a killer because uh, on his contender series fight, Colton England uh, was like, hey, you poked me in the eye. Ref didn't do anything. And Torres is like, yeah, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to stop. <laughs> so, like, it's, he is he's a savage, but he gets hit. Yep. Every single fight of his I watched, uh, which was, let's see, I watched three, which took me all of like seven minutes uh, because his last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights have all finished in the first round. Uh, so super, super exciting. You know, Duncan is a little more durable, uh, but Duncan gets hit too, right? Like Duncan got hit by Campbell on the contender series and looked in a bad way and Campbell came running in and got cracked and put out. Uh, like this is one of those 
interested to see if Torres gets dragged into deep waters. Yeah. What happens? Because you fight for less than five minutes eight times consecutively. You kind of get used to that. Yeah, and see, this one's kind of a hard fight for me to, like, break down and be like, okay, who who am I leaning towards? Because you would think that Duncan would probably have, like, the long, long-term long cardio advantage. Mm-hmm. But, man, but sometimes you just get caught up in highlights, and Torres' elbow to Mata or Mata, however his name was, ew. Yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah. it was nasty. All capital, all capital letters. I mean, it is... But I, I honestly feel like this is a fight where Duncan's smart. He can steal rounds by getting him down on the ground. Like, I can steal rounds yes. from you. You might you might have a better stand-up than me. You might be cracking me. But I think I can get my hands on you. Like you said, Torres does get, you know, it's not like he's the most elusive. And if, I can, get you, yeah, if I can get you on the ground, I'm still in those rounds. This one's a tough one to, like, really think of who's going to have their game plan or their advantage shine. But I do think that, I don't think it's going to be a boring fight. I just don't know. I don't even know how to lean on this one. No, this one's a weird one for me. Yeah, it is. And to take it back to the elbow real quick, for those of you that have ESPN Plus, (laughs) yeah, for those of you that have ESPN Plus, go check it out. (sighs) Um, Manuel Torres, uh, Nicholas Mutta. And it's, if you're, if you're an old head like us, like Matt Brown, Diego Sanchez level elbow, right? Like it is, it's a, I'm surprised that Moda's alive. I mean, it was one of the most devastating elbows I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, Duncan is savvy, right? The guy's only loss uh, was to Slava Claus on Contender Series. He, he'll he get hurt and then do what he needs to do to survive. Um, you know, look at the Omar Morales win, like going into the third round. He's like, I know if I take this guy down, fight's over. And he did yep. it. Yep. Held him down for the third round. So this is going to be an interesting test for Torres as well as Duncan. Because yeah. Duncan, like, hey, man, you can't get hit because this guy will hurt you and get you out of there. He smells blood in the water. But then if you're Torres, like, hey, you better expect for this to go 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, the, those three-minute fights are cool, but, like, you better be prepared for and, this. And another fight I think is going to go 15 minutes is the Yasmin. How do you say Yaurgi? Howard Howard versus Sam Hughes. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. Yasmin is a well-rounded fighter. She's should be the better striker. She's going to have volume on her side. She just strikes with volume. Mm-hmm. Um, Hughes is probably going to, you know, try to get the takedown. So, you know, it's what you got to defend. But like Yasmin, she looks so good. And then she got starched by Denise Gomez. But that's what Denise Gomez can do, right? Mm-hmm. This, 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 this Yasmin Howard I feel like this is going to be a striking clinic on display. I just don't know if she can stop Sam Hughes. I just don't know if she can finish her, right? I, I think yeah. one of the trends for this this card can be lots of decisions, but mm-hmm. not in a fuck these are boring decisions. I think this is like very exciting fights, but like people just can't stop each other. And I don't know if Howard Gee can stop Sam Hughes. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how you unfortunately the question that i have i don't think will get answered because hughes isn't like a big time power yeah striker uh, but the question i really have with howard is she put on in a one of the better like ufc debut fights we've seen mm-hmm. with, with her and uh yasmin lucindo that was one of i mean they were on both making their ufc debuts uh lucindo was like 20 years old i think howard was 22 at the time so young and Why is everybody they're young, making the, yeah right i feel old yeah. uh, making their debuts on the main card it was a fight night but the third fight of a main card like yeah. that is big and delivered fight of the night i mean just amazing 
But then Hargi steps in against Estela Nunes. She gets dropped early and ends up being able to come back, get the stoppage. But then we see it again against Denise Gomes, where she gets dropped early and Gomes has the killer instinct, was able to get her out of there. And so unfortunately, I don't think that question is going to be answered about like, is she going to not get cracked early? Is she going to be able to get into the fight and establish a rhythm without having to get punched in the head very hard? You know, that's what I want to know. She's super exciting, lots of volume, but she does get defensively irresponsible. And is that going to carry over into some of the grappling? Is she going to be defensively irresponsible and then get held down? I I don't know. Uh, But also... Here's a woman who had been undefeated, and then all of a sudden she gets yep. put at, put out in 20 seconds. Yeah, and so young, you know, we talk about like young man energy, like it's more of just like young, confident athlete energy, yep. right? Like she's undefeated, and then all of a sudden is there doubt in the mind because she's been cracked before. We saw it against Estella Nunez and was able to, to rebound from it. Mm-hmm. And then now we see her get cracked and not rebound. Yep. And so how does that play to her mental? I would like to think that it's going to be a learning experience. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got to mind my P's and Q's early because that's two fights in a row where, where I've gotten cracked and dropped. Well, and hopefully, we and hopefully when you get beat, when you get knocked out, put out like in 20 seconds, hopefully it's like that shit can happen, right? I, I think mm-hmm. I think. I can't, I don't even know. I just would feel this way. Like if someone came, Jose Aldo's perfect example. He got, you know, starched by Conor McGregor so fast, but it's like that I didn't get beat up for five rounds and it's like someone just outclassed me and there's nothing I can do about Mm -hmm. it. And they're just like, no matter what I do, they're just better. It's like that shit can happen. So hopefully her confidence doesn't get shattered too much because I mean, what is she? 10 and one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you went 10 and oh, that's pretty goddamn impressive. But you're yeah. going to meet these people that are better than you, and that's what you learn. So hopefully, hopefully she learns. Yeah, the, just the thing that's a little concerning to me is two fights in a row getting yeah. hit early. I, like I, the the same thing is there where she does get irresponsible. Now against Lucindo, it was okay because Lucindo is Jessica and ish of like big power, but yeah. winging hooks a lot. So you you know the. the Defensive irresponsibility isn't as big because it's kind of the same strikes coming at you repeatedly as opposed to different combos and, and things. But Absolutely. she is one. Howard Gee is one that after that debut fight against Lucindo, y'all know how I feel about Lucindo. I'll watch her fight every week. Um, Howard Gee was another one. Like, oh, I, I have to watch this woman fight every time now, right? she fights. Yeah, I, like, have Fuck, to watch I have to watch you now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and going on, and I'll let you start breaking this down, but going on to a fight that has a little bit more consequence now that the featherweight mm-hmm. title changed hands. Yair versus Ortega, man. What you thinking? Yeah. One thing that's very fascinating about this real quick that I just want to point out uh, before we we kind of deep dive here is the co-main and the main are both rematches of fights where the loser lost via injury, shoulder injury, in the waning seconds of the first round. I mean, that's that, strange, but that's how you could tell the UFC is scripted. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the NFL. Oh my God, um, dude. I, and, and I, let me not do that. But like people saying the NFL is scripted is like, why, why, why would I play so hard for a whole season? And then just to be the loser of the thing, right? Like, uh, well, it's not scripted that way. It's like, it has to be then, you know, like, yeah. but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
all done so Taylor Swift can tell you to vote for Biden. It's so fucking um, stupid. <laughs> but yeah, th- I mean, this fight, I'm, I'm excited. It's getting run back. Yeah. Uh, it's five, five rounds or five rounds. Yeah. Five rounds. So we're going to get the, is this a five round fight? Yeah. Five round co-main. Hmm. So yeah. Which I don't think it should be a number one think- contender fight. I think Mosari Vloyev has a better claim than both of these gentlemen at this point, but if this is going to be a number one contender, if it's going to have those stakes, which Chael Sonnen made a great point on the post fight yesterday, uh, is like, oh, both these guys better all week be, start saying this is the number one contender. Oh, fight. they like need from, to, yeah. Yeah, just all week and talk it into existence. Unfortunately, T-City's not the best on the mic. Yeah. 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 I think, though, that as a five round, like this is, hopefully we're going to see it play out that whole way yeah. because Ortega, say what you will about him, uh, from a skill standpoint, he's just, he's tough. Yeah. Right. I mean, he is, he's somebody that is not only tough, but opportunistic. Even when he's getting beat up, he has the ability to throw something on. I mean, look yep. at the, the Volk fight round three twice. There there was two submissions, the triangle later on in the round, which wasn't as in retrospect, rewatching the fight wasn't quite as close as I had initially thought, you know, live watching the fight, but that the guillotine, I mean, he, I don't know if it was really a knockdown. He kind of caught the leg and and hit Volk and just dumped him backwards, but immediately, boom, snatched up the neck. Like he is somebody that in those moments of chaos, very similar to Brandon Roy Val, in those moments of chaos makes things happen. Yep. And if you're fighting Yair Rodriguez, the whole fight is chaos. Like this guy does wild shit. He's, I'm very excited for the ground exchanges. Because there are few fighters in the UFC who are as active off of their back as Yair is, whether it's Yair's ground game reminds me of Tony Ferguson. And just like you might put me on my back, but you're gonna get elbows yeah, for it. You're gonna have to constantly it. defend submissions. Yep. Like this is not you're not winning this fight because you have the position. Yeah. Like you better do something because off my back, I'm gonna win the round. Like he has that to him. Yeah. I just Ortega has been out since this injury. So we have a guy. months. Yes, 19 months coming back from an injury where a guy who primarily boxes in his striking, so that shoulder matters, yep. and taking on a guy who has fought multiple times since then and likes to keep it at kicking range. Well, and and absolutely, for me, this is going to answer a lot of things or, or do a lot of things for Ortega. Because if you look at his last five, because I was going to just say four, but it kind of feels mm-hmm. disrespectful. But his last five, he's two and three, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is the people that he's lost to. And Yair, yeah, he has shoulder injury. You never know how that's going to go. But Holloway, Volkanovsky, if he loses to Yair, he's never sniffing a title fight again, right? Like this is this is one of those things where... Yair can win this and argue for a number one contender. He can argue for a title shot. If if T City doesn't win, then you realistically have Volkanovski doing a rematch for um Taporia. You have Max Holloway arguing for it. You have Yair arguing for it. You have Ivloyev earning it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in front of you. So T City getting back on the win. But the problem is, is T-City gets hit, and you don't want to have Yair Rodriguez in front of you if you're someone that can get hit because he's going to find a way to hit you. This is this is a banger, man. This is a good one, and exciting to see where T-City is going to come back from. But, yeah. oh, man, you know. And, and, yeah. and, and talk about Yair. He did just lose to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. He did just lose to Volk. 
but sometimes those fights level you up because it's like, oh, that's what it's like to be a champion. And where yeah. do I go from here? So who knows if Yair is going to come out and be on the next level? He might super Saiyan in this fight, you know? Oh, yeah. We've, I mean, the three losses that we have seen from Yair in the UFC, he got absolutely big brothered by Frankie Edgar yep. after having all the hype in the world coming off consecutive wins over Dan Hooker, Touchy Feely, Bruce Leroy, BJ Penn. Yep. Put those four together and then got sunned by Frankie Edgar. Surprising. It was so weird to watch that fight and like, God, yes. I did not think Frankie Edgar was going to do this. Yep. And then loses four rounds and four minutes and 59 seconds Jesus. against Korean Zombie and throws the one of the wildest elbows you'll ever see in your life. Then beats Jeremy Stevens. Convincingly. So he leveled up after the Frankie Edgar yep. loss in the getting beat up by Korean Zombie. Then loses to Max Holloway in what was a competitive fight yeah. outside of Volk and outside of moves up, you know, move up to 155. Probably the closest fight we've seen with Max Holloway in yep. a very long time. Yep. And then injury to Ortega, then outclasses Josh Emmett. Outclass, Just absolutely outclassed yes. Josh Emmett. So we've seen him learn yep. from these losses. I just, I mean, a little preview to the picks here. Ortega has one win in six years. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's one of those, like I said, this is, this is a big moment for Ortega because he's got fans behind him. There's something about him that makes him like mm -hmm. a fan favorite. Yep. Um, it, it might just be the look, the way he carries himself. Like, mm -hmm. But yeah, here's been, I oh mean, it's just Ortega feels like the, he, he has to have this win. And I don't know if he's going to come through. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, it, it's going to be interesting with Yair because what lost him the fight against Volk was Volk pressure. Yeah, right? Volk just walked him down. Ortega will just walk you down. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's what this guy does. He yep. has confidence in his chin. He's going to walk into boxing range, put hands on you, try to get you to the ground. Yeah, right. Like that's what he does. So it it is. We're going to see. <clears throat> excuse me. If Yair learned from that, because in their last fight, Yair was, was piece him up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know it's. Absolutely, he's piecing him up a little bit. So we're going to see if he has learned from that. I just... Yair ate clean shots. Clean shots from Josh Emmett. Like, ask Bryce Mitchell what Josh I Emmett's know. punches feel like. I know. He doesn't know because right? he was out for too long. He, yes. Yeah. Like, twitching. Yes. Right? Like, gave the man a seizure. And, and so... Yeah, and Putin. <laughs> Couldn't see it. Camo. But the... Exactly. <laughs> real reason for the camo shorts. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I wonder what the path to victory for Ortega is. Yeah. I, That's why we watch the fights, right? But I just, I'm not sure what that path to victory looks like. For I, him. I hate to say this. I think the path to victory is, yeah, you're being, not coming back, leveling up from the Volkanovsky fight and having hesitation. I feel like yeah. that could be the path to victory for him. But yeah, you're too slick. I mean, it's just, it feels like a... This is going to be fun to watch, but I wouldn't be shocked if Yair gets his hand raised. Yeah, in Mexico City, like, oh. yeah, and and I get Ortega, you know, has yeah, Hispanic course. heritage, but like, yeah, Yair is from Mexico, yeah. you know, trains in Mexico, like, big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the favorite son of Mexico when it comes to MMA, Brandon Moreno the, headlining the, the, the event. fight of the night. I'm, yes. I'm calling oh. it now. This is the fight of the night. This fight is stupid. And 
Brandon Moreno versus Albazi, who he was supposed to fight, but had to think a mm-hmm. neck injury. Mm-hmm. That would have yeah. been fight of the night, too. Brandon Moreno's in the fight. It's fight of the night potential, right? But Brandon Roy Val's across from him? Okay, yeah, this is fight of the night. There's no doubt in my mind. And like I said earlier, a rematch here yes. where the first round of their fight was wild. Mm-hmm. Lots of chaos back and forth. Actually, a majority on the ground with Moreno in control, which we are not used to seeing. Yep. And when you go back and look at when this fight took place. I mean, both guys, Roy Val's fought five times since then. Moreno's fought six times since then. Roy Val's three and two. Mm-hmm. Both of those losses to current champ Pantoja. Roy Val's three, two, and one with loss and draw to Figgy, other loss to Pantoja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, here are guys that are only losing to champions. Moreno was the champion for a stretch of that after uh, after the win against Roy Val. It was actually had the card was Figgy defending the championship against Perez yep. Moreno Roy Val for the number one contender. And then they, that was the start to the quadrilogy where, you know, Figgy and Moreno both won. And then like a month later they booked it uh, for, for their first showdown. But I was surprised at Moreno's control on the ground. There was, they were in like a twister position for a very, like an extended period of time. And it just looked like Moreno didn't, didn't know, that that was available, that that was something, you know, to, to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, two things here. One, bigger cage, because this last one was in the Apex. So really interested to see what the bigger cage does. And I feel like, I, I think, you know, Moreno's boxing obviously is some of the best in, in the UFC. It, it's on the feet, I think. Technically, Moreno surpasses Roy Val. Roy Val has the weird, chaotic shit that he does on the stance, switches hands by his side, bursts. But on the ground, with what happened to Roy Val in his last fight, where he just got controlled. Yeah. Right? Just got pressured, controlled. That's not how Moreno fights on the ground. Mm -mm. There is a lot of space. And the one thing that describes old raw dog, and I'm amazed it took me that long to say it in this podcast. Uh, the thing that me too. <laughs> de- defines raw dog is chaos. Yeah. And when there's space on the ground, even if it's just you posturing to try to throw strikes, Roy Val's going to create some chaos. And so that's what I'm very interested to see is both guys have leveled leveled up. I feel like immensely yeah. since their first fight. And so what does that look like? What are the exchanges on the feet? Does it hit the ground? Does Moreno think, hey, Pantoja just held this guy down. The only time Pantoja was in danger was on the feet. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we're going to take this dude down. Like what, how does it play out game plan wise? And and interesting. I'm going to make a statement. It's going to sound weird because Moreno is not the champion, but I still feel like it's going to be me being fam. He feels like the standard, right? He feels like Mm -hmm. the guy that, you know, like he's. He's not the champion, but I'm never surprised if he is. Pantoja is just finding ways. But let's let's keep it real. Roy Val, yeah, he lost to Pantoja. He had his moments, but he looked fresh after that fifth round where Pantoja didn't. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember us talking, being like, damn, Roy Val looks like he can go like two, three more rounds, right? His, his, very, his cardio is a weapon. We say it all the time. Sometimes cardio is a weapon. Cardio is a weapon. I think this is going to be a back, back and forth, and I think this is going to be a decision fight. I don't know if one can stop the other, and that's what makes yeah. this exciting because we get to see another potential five-round war good for Rory Val to get that experience, but the problem is Moreno has five-round experience so much. He's been in that mindset. He's been doing it, and that could be something that is a weapon for him where it's like we know Rory Val can do it, 
clearly he can do it. He just did it. But Moreno's done it and won. Moreno has this. There's championship experience for a reason. I'm I'm a huge fan of Moreno. And, and, and rewatching his fights this week, I'm like, first of all, some of them are long. You know, it's like watching <laughs> consistent 25 yeah. minute fights. You're like, whoo! But his style's so weird, and it's like yeah. it's weird, but it's pleasing to watch. His mm-hmm. his personality's pleasing. You just want the best for the guy. Here's the thing. Roy Val wins this fight. Does he get in a, like another title shot against Pantoja next? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what if Roy Val wins, what then do you give him Albazi? If Moreno wins, do you just give him the title shot? It's very weird for these two guys to be fighting again when they're when both of their last losses is to the same man. Yeah, I I think that uh, from that standpoint of what happens next for the title, I think it, a lot of that focuses on Albazi. Yep. If he, how long it's going to take for him to come back? Because apparently with a very serious neck injury. Yep. Um, so you know, if he can come back, if he can come back, is he the same fighter? All those things. I yep. don't think Albazi then just gets a title fight. I think he would need to fight one more time. Mm-hmm. If Moreno wins, you absolutely reschedule the Pantoja fight. Even though I know they fought and Moreno's lost every time. Yep. They fought what three times already? Um, but fight of the year. Pantoja Moreno was uh, one of the better fights, period. Like MMA, period, in my in my eyes. You know, just from the different turns that occurred, what what was at stake, right? Like that was one of my favorite fights that I that I've ever watched awesome. in the moment and rewatching it. So I think if Moreno wins, you rebook it. Roy Val, little different, I think, than maybe. Uh, you know, mono cop can make a claim like there, there's some other things that would need to, to occur there. Something to consider. You talked about cardio fight is in Mexico city. Oh yeah. Damn. Where I believe 7,000 feet yeah. elevation. Like we are, and we have seen people, you know, the cardio King, Kane Velasquez gas out in Mexico city. Right, so that is a major issue. Not the last time they went to Salt Lake City, but the time before, fighters were gassing out yeah, left and right. Yeah. So be prepared for some sloppiness on this card, just from that standpoint. But Roy Val, Colorado guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, I mean, and, he's and, he's training at altitude. We know Yair trains at altitude. Like this is, yeah. And after seeing Roy Val's last fight, like I said, he lost. But man, I was so impressed with the fact that he just looked fresh. Like, of course, he's sweating it, but it's like, God, he can actually go. You know, so I don't know. I, I don't expect either of these men to be gassed out. Not yeah. this fight. This fight, this, I think this is going to be a perfect matchup, perfect fight, exciting, amazing. And, and do you think the UFC uh, took that into consideration? The heaviest weight class on this card, lightweight. Good, good. <laughs> and there's three lightweight fights. It is all... all all of the lower weight classes, which you know means there's going to be exciting shit going on because lower weight classes are funner weight classes. And, and, I said it. And the short and I, King, yes, I said funner. Yeah, funner. It's all good. The short kings <laughs> and the short queens are getting the highlights for this card, and they should be. I don't want to see a heavyweight fight where two minutes in, it's it's you yep. know um sloppy. What was it? Dada versus uh, <laughs> versus Kimbo. Kimbo, yeah. I don't want to yeah. see that. We're Dada gonna, died in the cage. Had a heart attack, yeah. Yeah. yeah great card, man. This is free. Free! Free! And we're, yeah, and we're getting to see all, I mean, there's all kinds of other guys that we've highlighted on the show before that we didn't even talk about because 
as far as fight nights go, we're absolutely stacked. Like Mohammed Naimov is fighting on here. We have Edgar Chires, Lacerda. That's finally going to be resolved. Like that's happening. Uh, I mean, shit, Howney Barcelos is fighting on this card. We didn't even mention it. You know, just really, really good card. And then we did have actually pretty slow for fight announcements this week. Thank now God. We're, Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Now, fights of consequence. Yeah. So... The Atlantic City card that was supposed to be headlined by uh, Luque versus Sean Brady. Sean Brady, French Method out. We talked about that. Uh, but now they have uh, re-elevated the Blanchfield Fior to the Good to the main them. event, which Good I think them. they should. Yes. Luque still on the card, now being moved to co-main. And he's taking on unranked Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, dangerous fight for Luque, but he needs it. Yes. Right? He, he, needs, he needs a dub. And he here's the thing. You should win this fight, and if you don't, well, then we know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a huge, huge opportunity for Joaquin Buckley. Uh, you're not only are you fighting a ranked guy, you are fighting number nine. Yeah, crazy. I, and you broke the a, top ten with this fight. Yes, and in a division where it is hard to get into the top ten, right? Yeah. Like it is not not easy to to break into that. There's plenty of prospects. Huge, huge opportunity for Buckley here. Huge. 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 And and then we said there were not many announcements. The only other announcement we have is uh, the one that everyone has been waiting for, yep. uh, and that is the main event of UFC 300 April wait, wait, 13th. Before you announce it, are you going to get red face and all hype like Dana White is all the time? Or yeah, no? I'm going to unbutton my shirt halfway, <laughs> nice. hold my phone out in front of my face, and just start screaming. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Main event was announced after uh, 298 last night, and it is the light heavyweight championship. Now, I don't know which one is the champion because we have Poetan taking on Jamal Hill. Now, Poetan does have a belt. He fought for the title. Jamal Hill also has a belt, fought for the title, and then did not lose But he his gave belt. it up, but he gave it up. He said he vacated, but they still kept him yeah, very strange. as the champion. Didn't actually vacate the belt really conf- still confused by that but ultimately we will have resolution well, here, <laughs> because here, man, the whatever these two undisputed belts even though technically they are disputed because <laughs> like yuri gave up his belt but yeah. then jamal hill is a champ- i'm so confused but we will have resolution well and finally the ufc will have a light heavyweight champion and we can move on from this confusion <laughs> yes. that we we have been talking about forever it's like okay yeah. i i hope jamal hill is healed up I hope that mm-hmm. we get to see the quote best version of him, whatever you know that 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 is at this moment, because I think that I think that Jamal Hill presents a lot of problems for Poetan, and I'm really mm-hmm. ready, I'm really ready to see that. That I can't wait to like start leading up to the fucking. First of all, we've talked about this. We might have to have three different podcasts for UFC 300. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be. I don't. I don't know if we want to do an 18 hour podcast, but like. This just makes it even more exciting, and I think this is a good main event. This is a this is a dope ass main event. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they said they're probably still going to add another fight, which is so like, come on, leave, leave yeah. me alone, dude. I, I can't yeah. do. I I have no more underwear left. It's I'm done. <laughs> it's gone. Well, and, and like we have families. How am I going to watch ten hours of fights leading up to to that card that week? Like, y- y- this is going to be one of those like. Dude, I didn't do any research. I'm just excited. I'm just juiced. I'm just going to be like the guy that was in the crowd last oh, night. I'm dude, just going to be yeah. that dude, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and this one is, and we'll talk about it more when it is fight week, but the, I mean, you have the storyline 
right? Jamal Hill took the belt off of Glover Teixeira yep. and, and dominated him. Yep. Dominated him yep. you know, for that fight. And I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I didn't. And then Jamal Hill is also one of the guys that can can punch with Poetan, mm-hmm. that has that same power. Mm-hmm. We have not seen Jamal Hill get touched like that by somebody like Poetan to put him out. We, we don't know how he holds up yep. against that, but we know Jamal Hill will put people out, yep. and we know Poetan will go out. Yep. And, and I, don't, I don't think there's anybody that would say Izzy has more power than Jamal Hill. No, and, and but accuracy makes a difference too, but yes. I honestly yep. think that Jamal Hill without the injury, like... I'm almost, we've talked about like Poetan winning the bell. It's like, that's magnificent. Great, great for him. But Jamal Hill's the guy that I'm like, I want to see him face him to really see what a light heavyweight's going to do to him. It's going to be, this is, this is, this is after a night of a million great matchups. And then this is the main event. Like I might be exhausted, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like it's not going to be, but I hope it's an earlier card because one with all the title fights, including the only one that matters, which if you're the BMF, no, no time limit, no rounds. Yeah. Just just get in there and fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We'll sort the only belt that matters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are are you the baddest motherfucker on the planet? Yeah. Because the other guy hadn't fallen down yet. Um, (laughs) But after all of those title fights, like it's just going to be a super long card. Yeah. Uh, But also and it's a six fight main card. They said last night. Which is it should should be. Yeah. It's it's going to be a long one, but also super exciting. If you're someone that has paid for any UFC card, then you have no problem paying for this one, too. Yeah, eighty dollars now for yeah, fucking asshole card. It's insane, yeah. absolutely insane. A- anything else on your end? No thought. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.